Welcome to This Fish American Wife, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be married to a fish. I'm Alex. Ah, dream. Uh, I have so much to say. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And just kidding. This is Podvincible, a podcast. I know it was a joke. It was a joke right there at the top. We're going to be talking about... We can still talk about our fish wives, though, if we want to. Absolutely. Find a spot for it, right? Well, funnily enough, we're going to be talking about... the last time you saw your fish wife? And every time I go to the sea and gaze uh, out to the last horizon. Last time I saw my fish wife, I mm-hmm. was making dinner. I was making like oh, a really no, nice salmon, like crusted in almond and breadcrumbs. Uh, like, oh, no. We're going to be talking about Invincible wife? Season 2, Episode 2, in about six hours. I lose my virginity to a fish. So if you haven't watched it yet on Prime Video, please do go watch the episode. We're going to spoil it. But... We are continuing to pick up in the aftermath of the fight between Omni-Man and Invincible. That's a big, major theme, clearly, of this season. And Invincible is now fully working for Cecil and trying to balance that along with with graduating high school, dating Amber, being a regular team with superhero uh, superpowers, and also his mother being heavily depressed over the course. Uh, Yes, that's a fun thing to keep checking in about. You know what I mean? Yeah, so lots of stuff is going on there. Meanwhile, the Guardians of the Galaxy is... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Globe is dealing uh, with... Whoa. Oh, bad. Real bad mistake. It's basically... How dare you, Alex? That's disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Don't call the character in here Martian Manhunter, because that's not what we're talking about. No, it's, it's not Man. him. It's, it's very Martian similar. Man. It's, it's different. very similar, no, it's different. but it's, it's slightly different. different. Yeah. It's quite it's, similar, actually, but it just a little very different. similar. Very slightly different. Is that yeah. legal? Can they do that? No, it's illegal, actually. Robert Kirkman, Kirkies, as I call him, was arrested. <laughs> yeah, recently Kirkies? dragged to jail. Yeah, as, long jail. As, you, as long as you sit mouth hunter, you go Martian man hunter. No. Just say it really quietly. It's yeah. fine. I'm actually getting an update from my news uh, staff. They're saying that Kirkies is scheduled to be executed. Oh, wow. no. DC is very strict. Well, maybe if he marries a fish, he can get out of it. Uh, probably. Yeah. So over the course of this episode, per the title, one of the adventures that Mark goes on is he is told he, he needs to marry the queen of the seas after yeah, Omni-Man no killed her husband. Doesn't exactly go that way. There's a bunch of twists and some turns. And in the meantime, Amber is figuring out what it means to not exactly be a pow pow superhero so much as a actually helping super people superhero. And she very quickly learns the lesson that it's not as easy as she thought. So as I was about to say, though, with the Guardians of the Globe is they're dealing with the immortal is their new boss. He's working them pretty hard and he's working working Kate very hard. That's gross, dude. Don't. Yum, 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 yum. And towards the end, we get a bunch of different teases of things to come. There's some changes up in the Lizard League. We check back in with, I think they're the Sequads is. Sequids, yeah. Sequids, the squid aliens that took over the Martian race and the astronauts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So lots of bad stuff coming for Invincible over the course of the season. And last but not least, we check in with Angstrom Levy, who seems to be traveling the multiverse to find out more about Mark's weaknesses. So, Are you talking about Sterling K. Vaughn? Brown? Sterling K. Vaughn? Yes. <laughs> Sterling K. Vaughn. I, I, my favorite comic of his is This Is Saga. That's a- oh, oh hey! Alex. That's fast brain right there. You got a case Thanks, of fast brain. <laughs> I do. Why don't we get into this episode and talk about it? Because there's a lot to dig into here. I actually, if it's okay with you guys, wanted to start off talking about Debbie's arc. Because, mm. man, we talked about this the last episode. 
from the comics, we know it gets rough. And it got real rough here in this episode. How are you feeling yeah. about Debbie and her relationship to Mark? Just well, from a, a cabinetry point yeah, of view, thank this you. was, was devastating. Do, yeah, I mean, first off, cabinets suck, man. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. if they're not closing properly, I I do exactly what she does every time. So I I felt very seen in this episode. And it's nice to see somebody else go about their kitchen the way I go about my kitchen. As a new homeowner, I look forward to seeing your (laughs) ruined home. (laughs) Do you think this is something that occurred to me while I was watching those scenes in particular? Do you think that cabinet not quite closing being broken? Was that a metaphor for something? Interesting. I think, and I'll just throw it out here. This is my theory. I think it was a metaphor for shoddy craftsmanship. Oh, oh I, nice. I think it's a metaphor for having a shitty husband. Mm. Okay. Huh. Could be that. <laughs> nice. That's a lot of. I think it's sort of like let the cabinet door open to your heart. Let my oh. love open the cabinet door to your heart. Oh, no, that makes maybe more it's sense. well. When think you about say it this like way, that. Mark gets taken into the sea, and in the sea they catch fish with nets. So it's like you turn a cab a net into the ocean. Yep. Wow. Mm. That's good. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got slow but brain again. I, got I think your brain, you exerted yourself in fast brain, and now I you're in recovery. Too, I don't know if it came in through the audio. There was like a pop from inside yeah. my brain. You got pop brain. You got broken brain. <laughs> I got pop brain. Got to see the doctor for that. No, but seriously, I think like this was pretty effectively done. It was very obvious in terms of her not being able to clo- literally close the door on this relationship, leading oh, to that I explosion towards there. the end of the episode. But to me, the hardest moment and the truest moment to watch is when Mark comes home after his mission and rather they don't, embr- they do eventually embrace, but first she can't look at him and she pushes yeah. him away. And that there was, was so much going on in that scene. I was really impressed by that. Yeah. yeah really great. I mean, as far as like it's acted in such a great way and it's animation. So I know it feels a little weird to say, but I love the choices they made with that. It was so hard, but also just those little kind of moments were just so, so powerful. Well, and I think this show does such a great job of balancing a truly shocking amount of things happening. Just watching the previously on before I got into the episode, I was like, oh, wow, they're reminding us of so many things. So we're going to touch all these things. And at the same time, we're dropping into some big emotional moments like that's quite a balancing act. Um, And I just want to say, like the scene where she's selling the house and the real estate, you know, first off, don't get super involved with the people trying to buy your stuff because – that's that's bad that's move. never a good idea. Yeah. And, you know, she says um, she's not your pet under your breath. And I just agree completely. It's very you don't want to say that about anybody. You know what yeah, I mean? Don't you ever don't say, say that. that to I would never do that. Because that's a I fucking would never do shitty that. thing to say. It's you're right. And for anyone's been li- listening to this back to back with the last episode, they'll know that I'm being straight. And honest and totally uh, committed to the idea that I would never say that. I have never said it. And it's fine. Everything's fine. I wish you never said it. I'm still emotionally scarred. Here's the thing. I thought your name was P.E.T. It was an honest mistake. Mm. Uh, I thought it was Pat LePage. And it's actually Pete. That's a huge revelation for me. That's an honest mistake. I could understand that. Go fuck that mistake. I back up what Justin's saying here. That makes sense. This guy makes sense to me. I'm going to vote for him. Oh, That's right. 
And I also want to say that today I took a cab to the internet, and that was my cabinet. Oh, boy. we got to stop with the so dad we're all jokes. Friends We've here. lost the four people this who have listened dad jokes. to this episode. This is, a, this is me speaking to both of you on an even playing field. I feel like we should be sitting on a dock, and I have a really quirky mug right now as you guys are just doing dad yeah. jokes. The four people we have remaining, by the way, are sitting around in their house being like, when are they going to talk about their fishwives? <laughs> that's what I tuned in for. Yeah, exactly. I don't like your impression of the four people who listen to this. That's what they sound. They all like. sound that way. They, they all sound that way. Yeah. They're a family. Yeah. They're a family. <laughs> for those who are actually listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're a, a family of pets, and uh, they're all pets. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that you continue to listen. Uh, yeah, and what they're drinking right now, by the way, is a Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, stop. Stop. And they're getting a lot of money off of it. So it's a real cab net. Net profit. Net profit. How do we make this stop, please? (laughs) Never. It's never going to stop until your life stops, Pete. The lava Uh, monsters. Whoa. I did. Hold on. There's still more, I think, to say about Debbie and Mark. So um, do we think at this point they could get past this. Like clearly yes. they've been so traumatized. Mark spends the entire episode being like, I'm not my dad. I'm not my dad. My dad, my dad. And everybody like a Pokemon is like, you're not your dad. He has that one moment when he's uh, fighting Darkwing two in midnight city, where he's like, I'm Omni man's son. Right. You don't know what yeah. I'm kidding. Oh like, my God. Yeah, where was, yeah. He skirts the line there. So we're certainly playing with this. We're playing with the idea like, will Mark go evil? And with Debbie, how low could she go? Um, you know, limbo style. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> She's going. Really that's what psychologists. Point. Oh, my, oh my god! That's what man. psychologists call limbo Poor Debbie, style. What Debbie's going through, and you're making horrible <laughs> jokes about her. I mean, it's a good thing this is animated. No, no, no. It's yeah. important for me to see how low you can go. It's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's metaphor. why the bar is there. That's why I'm holding it. That's why I'm playing this calypso music. Yeah. What an interesting therapist you have, Alex. What I was going to say about it is I think actually Mark is getting better in that exchange he has with Darkwing, the new Darkwing. Mm -hmm. I thought was him, him sort of, yeah, him sort of taking (laughs) control. Let's get dangerous is what I was thinking the whole time. (laughs) I feel like that is him rather than being underneath this feeling he's had for the last episode and a half. It's him sort of taking control of it a little bit and using it to help him out of this Darkwing situation, that feels like a step forward, weirdly, even though it's a dark path he's walking. Mm-hmm. It yeah. feels like he's actually making a move, and I think he's seeing that his mom is stuck. And mm-hmm. that also shows that he has made a little movement there because he's not as as wrecked. Uh, yeah, and I think that points to getting back to, I know, Pete, you were saying it's surprising to talk about acting and animation, but that's what they do. That's what animators are doing all the time. They are crafting the acting for the characters, partially off the voices. Sometimes they're just doing it, and the actor, voice actors are matching the animation. That's what the directors are doing. And I think the blocking of that scene in terms of Invincible being the one that's holding Debbie and not vice versa well, it's very purposeful to the point that you're making, yeah. Justin. Um, I, I think to and as back, a classically oh, yeah. trained, as a classically trained cartoon, Cartoonist. I can say, yeah, uh, yeah, yes, same. Uh, you were in that uh, opera, right? What, what's opera? Doc? <laughs> the Bugs Bunny <laughs> yeah. opera, the Bugs Bunny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in the crowd, being like, "Yeah, get that fud." <laughs> <laughs> the uh, this is jumping around a little bit, but while we're talking about it in terms of Mark's arc here. I do think he makes a very definitive choice towards the end when he's down in the ocean. He gets free from this fight 
where he has to fight a giant lobster style monster where mm-hmm. Cecil's like, get lobster out of there. Style. Lobster style. Cecil's like, get out of there, man. Now's your chance. And he makes a choice. He's like, no, I'm not choice. my dad. I yeah. got to go back and I got to help people. And that's ultimately at the most base level, what makes him a hero. That's what was a yeah. big sigh of relief on that moment, because it was like this whole thing of, you know, after seeing the last episode and seeing these evil versions of him, you're worried about how he's going to turn out. But for me, this really kind of cemented that Mark is not his father. He's going to try to be better than his father. And here's how he's proving it. And the fact that he went back to save those fish people was great. It was a great hero moment and really felt good as an audience member of like, oh, thank God, I don't have to be so stressed out about this guy. He will hopefully keep continuing down this path. Well, and it all feels even better to know what we learned last episode, that uh, so many of the vast majority of the Marks and Invincibles from other multiverses, other worlds in the multiverse, I should say, um, go evil. And so we see that this Mark is actually doing something much harder. Yeah. He, and how many potential pitfalls he has on the way, and we see him navigating each of them in each episode. And that, that makes him even more of a hero. I, it's a really well-played thing to set, the bar, to set the bar so low. How low I, can the bar go? I, oh I, nobody God. knows. Nobody knows how low it can go. I do want to throw out there just as a mention – uh, this is just sort of like side discussion. I love the design of the sea people, like that they yeah. have these mm-hmm. fish heads. They look like SpongeBob characters, kind of. It's just very fun. And that points to, yeah. I think that came from the comics from Corey Walker and Ryan Otley, the way that they did that. It's just it's just a fun depiction. And then they it, take it totally it, seriously. It's not a joke. Yeah. And even the kind of like the huge Kraken lobster thing was an awesome design. And that whole pitch of like, hey, you have to go underwater and marry somebody. It's not a big deal. I was really worried about him and Amber. And what a relief. It's like, oh, no, no, I just got to fight somebody. And then kind of the twists and turns there of like making a better choice as far as being a real hero. Uh, I was really impressed with that whole kind of thing with how the fish people went and the choices he made. Uh, Yeah, it was a real emotional roller coaster, but, uh, you know, I I felt good about how well they're taking care of the audience. Pete, you should know that you can have an underwater wife, an underwife, and uh, an above-ground wife, and it's totally fine. There's no, no conflict. There. That's not true. That's how I ended that. up with the fish wife. No, you can't Here's the thing, that. though. Here's the thing, though. I'm going to back up Pete on this one because then you just got to stay away from the beach. Like, that's that's your real danger zone there, you know? Like, yeah. as long as you're inland or under the sea, obviously, you're good. But the second you get to that place where under dusty, Under dusty. Yes. <laughs> Down where it's better. Yeah, it's wetter. Yeah, it's well, it is wetter. It is wetter under the sea. When you get to the beach, though, there's a chance those the you don't want to have a bump in. You don't Mm want to bump in between your underwife and your overwife. Can Mm -hmm. we uh, get back to the actual show now? Is that cool? This This is is part of it. This is the actual. This is part of it. Well, I also think the the design of the um, the Atlanteans was. I I feel like it was a joke when it started because it was in the beginning when the the guardians of the globe he's the aquaman they were just like let's just make him a fish and then now we end up having to take it very seriously to your point 
Yeah, but at the same note, like, the show is obviously not deathly serious, and I love the jokes that they throw in there. Like, the giant monster fight when you have the little, like, squeezy toy that comes out first, and he's like, oh, this will be easy. And And the fact that he was, like, uh, you know, like, really went after that little squeezy toy was kind of messed up. I was like, you know, you're manhandling the squeezy toy. Like, wait, you know, talk to it first, you know, but uh, it was a fun reveal. Yeah. Um, why don't we you want to talk about Adam Eve? Because that's she's very much on her own path this episode, other than the point yeah, where she's making everybody stuff. you know what I mean? Uh beer tree over in Africa. I did yeah. want to ask you guys about that. Uh how do you feel about that as a concept? A beer tree, beer growing on trees, you feel good about that. What's your thoughts? I feel yeah. great about that. I've, uh, I've actually been calling the people who made this episode to try to track down the actual beer tree. Mm. Yeah, I thought that's how beer came in Canada. 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 <laughs> yeah, you know, like they get the maple syrup off the tree. Mm-hmm. That maybe you describe a beer off the tree. That's not how know? I got some news. That's not how maple syrup comes <laughs> off the tree. Oh man, <laughs> I gotta go back. I guess big reveal. That's yeah, where they got their gravy. The gravy trees <laughs> yeah, in bloom. Right, the dra- gravy tree up in Canada. That's you know why their prime minister is Justin Trudeau. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody cut down that fucking gravy tree. It stinks in here. It's summer. It's the poutine tree. Uh, oh, I'm getting uh, my news team just told me the family of four who was listening just stopped listening. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, that tracks. Cause no, they, thanks. They're never going to get to the fish. They were talking they, about it a little bit, but I felt like they were talking uh, around the fishwife thing. I don't so. know who you're impersonating right now. That's but the family that's a, listening. That's a fish. That's a fish family of pets. Yeah, they're fish. Family. Don't call people pets. They okay. also own a gravy tree arboretum. So <laughs> smart. That's, that's just smart. <laughs> yeah, and um, a KFC. Looking uh, forward to the iTunes comments on this one. By the way, uh, the uh, <laughs> it's not too late to save it, man. No, it is the Adam Eve storyline. Though I thought again was really great and really nuanced. Like I was talking about at the beginning, just sort of in the summary of the thing. The fact that she's like. I'm going to be a real hero and help people help with the reconstruction of Chicago. First thing she does, the contractors are like, what are you doing? You don't know if that's up to code. Stop it. And then she builds this beautiful park that collapses and kills the people she's trying to help. And she goes home and tries to help her family. And they're like, no, what? No, you need to let us do it yourselves. Um, It feels like when it, it almost feels like a commentary on, just superheroes in general and the way that we interact with comics and superhero literature, the idea they're like, yeah, of course they know what's right. They go in and do it. But the world is actually far more complex than that. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to put a water fountain somewhere, you got to see what kind of water supply you're getting from. You got to talk to people getting things up to code and like that, that kind of weighted thing just to kind of make that appear. Uh, it's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, if she had been able to, like, um, anat- atomically change the paperwork down at City Hall to file the appropriate permits, then that yeah. would have been something. But instead, she cuts corners, bureaucratically oh, speaking. Oh, man. And she gets in trouble. Yeah, uh, but I agree with you, Alex. Corners. Uh, I agree with you, Alex. Uh, I think this is sort of that commentary. And it helps to show that Adam Eve is the most powerful character on this show by far. She has the a most amazing power set. She can yeah, make a make a beer gold. appear. I mean, come yeah. on. I know that's impossible. <laughs> I can't make a beer appear. Oh, can you imagine? I know. Like every time I go to the store, I'm like abracadabra, and they're like, "That's twenty dollars." <laughs> yeah, the, or one golden grape, which I wish I had to pay for my uh, free beer. 
I tried that before at a beer store. They don't take gold grapes. Uh, Pete, why are you being? You're trying to take us off topic here. We're trying to stay on topic and talk about this show. Why do you keep talking about this nonsense? Don't make any sense, Pete. Cold Pete, grapes. Where are you? It was Where a winery. You? I thought they would be acceptable payment. This is about the show. We're trying to talk about, about, the about the show and show? buying and beer at a supermarket with golden grapes is just not related you, to that. You could buy like you need a, a piece of like a golden barley piece <laughs> to buy a beer and fair trade. For your wine. that's what it's, fair it's, trade it's, is called when you get fair trade coffee it's trading <laughs> golden coffee beans for the coffee now i don't know that's on about. topic <laughs> uh i forgot what i was talking about oh i feel like it, it, <laughs> she's the most powerful character she is uh this is limiting her in a way that still keeps her powers strong and just shows it's actually really hard to find her way through to make the world a better place when she has sort of limitless possibilities. Yeah. Cause you think about it. Like if you wanted to rum a Coke and she made one, you know what I mean? Like the ratio might be off. It might mm-hmm. not be that tasty. You know what I mean? Ideally it seems like a great power, but realistically it's kind of, I, I agree with you. Short. I think when she made the Virgin Mai Tai for Mark, she should have asked if it, he should have asked if it was up to code and that would have like, Stopped a lot of problems later on, you know. I, I think so. You know what yeah. I mean? You were a bartender, right, Justin? How often did you ask yeah. people if the drinks were up to code? Or did they ask yeah. you like this? Um, almost, especially starting out, almost constantly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. That's what it is. Um, but, I mean, everyone's pretty chill. If the drink tastes close to it, like, I don't think you're out there. If Adam Eve, like, makes you a drink, you're like, uh, I'd like to send this back, <laughs> atomically speaking. And uh, could you make me one with Diet Coke? I when I look back at my days of drinking in New York City, I think thinking bartenders were chill is definitely something that comes up. Like, oh, this is a real chill atmosphere. You're yeah. being sarcastic, right? Yeah. Oh man. It depends. You're going to the wrong bars. Yeah, you're going to angry bars. People yell at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you go to the bar we from talk cocktail about the Guardians of the Globe, since there are a bunch of things going on here with them. Generally, I like this storyline as a B plot. I do want to see the things gel together a little bit because Invincible and his core cast is kind of the more interesting thing. Um, but but at the same time, the stuff they're doing with Rex Blood is interesting. Curious to see what's going on with Duplicate and Immortal. Uh, and I curious like what's that. going on. I think <laughs> yeah, we saw I, it. I feel like that's an HR <laughs> no, violation. I need to know more about that. You want to be in the shower? I want to uh, get it a little closer. That's all. I, well, I just want to know a Cecil running a tight ship or not, because that's you, you know that's an HR violation. You have to Let me ask you this. If people are going to date in the workplace, it has to be acknowledged. And, you know, there's paperwork that needs to be filed. Oh, I'm oh I think th- it. they weren't hiding it. Yeah, I think we all acknowledged it. Rexplode was the last to know. Now, let me ask you this. Is this technically an orgy since it's only two people or is it um, just hmm. regular uh, shower sex? Pete? <laughs> Uh, I would say even though that it's two people, there's still you're interacting with more than uh, one body. So it's technically an orgy, except for the fact if we really do want to actually want to get into this. Clearly, the other version of duplicate felt the same thing her double felt. So maybe they're mm. all extension of the same body. Right. Mm. So it's just regular shower sex. It's just regular with more hands sex. and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, with a couple more hats. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, the other thing is away. that they fight the Lizard League. Uh, they fight Shapesmith. Not fight Shapesmith. Shapesmith joins. They let Shapesmith in. Really easy. 
pretty light. He's clearly making things up as he goes along. Again, bad HR. They need to do a little bit more uh, rigorous right. screening. Yeah, on their, I don't know uh, who their recruiting department is, but uh, they need to get a little bit better. You can't just let somebody walk off the street and say, I have superpowers, I'm going to join the team. But, All the, the Shapesmith stuff I thought from beginning to end was really funny. Anytime he has a little bit of dialogue or a monologue, I guess, it was r- great, really done. Like, just having some Earth pizza, love it. Even even the phrase I call me Shapesmith, it's like the words are just slightly wrong in everything that he's saying. It's very fun. But everyone just sort of shrugs their shoulders like a little weird, but fine. (laughs) I know I know we've said this a bunch, but uh, as these episodes stack up, but the the actors that they get for these parts are just phenomenal. Like everybody is killing it. It's just so fun to be like, oh my god, that's what's his face. Oh, that's her. Oh wow. So it's really impressive. Uh, you mentioned this at the beginning, people. We didn't actually talk about this. Doc Seismic is back for a very fun action sequence while Mark is not going to his graduation. They end up almost destroying the Washington Monument in the process. Um, this is very fun. This is, I think, yeah. one of the joys of Invincible, the comic that really felt th- like it was coming through in this episode in particular, is just having these villains that just keep recurring that are... Very stupid sometimes, but purposefully so. But they just keep coming back over and over again. And Doc Seismic is one of those. Really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Agreed. So great. Very mole, mole man uh, energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very good. The bit also about, like, he's taking back all the buildings and visibly, like, some buildings are made of wood. And he's like, all right, just the stone buildings. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that whole banter was really fun. I also like the fact that how they were cutting – back and forth uh, between the kind of speech at the graduation and the fight, you know, and you had uh, Officer Winslow there from Die Hard given the speech and then kind of like the action. And it was fun the way they kind of kept that going along with the fight and kind of the words bleeding into uh, different things and how they affected it. Uh, And then the kind of title card as uh, we're talking as well was really fun use, very creative. Agree, I love that. And there was another uh, intercut montage at the end that I thought was great with Shapesmith and the Sequid uh, battle on on Mars. Oh, yeah, I thought it was yeah. very cool as well. So again, there the editing and pacing on this show is very top notch. Love the use of montages. Well, montage. we should probably talk about romance for a moment since we got into that pretty heavily in the first episode. Amber and Invincible still going very strong here. Yeah, it feels like very romantic, very fun. Pete, you're our rom-com expert. How are you feeling about this? I feel great. I love the work that Mark is putting into this relationship. You know, it was really fun bit of like um, the romance was still there, even when they were like, yeah, I didn't want to rip your skin off. And she's like, oh, thanks so much for taking me to Vegas instead of flying me to Paris so I can keep my skin. It's just hysterical. They get each other. They enjoy each other's company. Yes, he's going to have to fly off in two seconds, but it's the thought that counts. And it's nice that, uh, you know, they're still really into it. 100% agree. No notes. No problems on the horizon at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no problems coming up for them at all. Yeah, no, I do no. like them though. I like them as a couple. I want to know a little more about Amber. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, just as a character. I think like she is. She expressed some wants and interests this episode as they're talking Comptroller. about Comptroller. Yeah, um, and I like that, and I want to see that develop a little bit. Like we find out a lot about Adam Eve. 
William is also just sort of a wash, you know, of being like, yeah. is it Andrew Reynolds who does the voice? And it's like, yeah, Fun. this is Andrew Reynolds. You're basically it's doing funny. the same character here that you do on Big Mouth, and that's fine. But Well, but they also let let him and, of course, Manzoukas as Rex yeah. just have extra lines because it's fun. <laughs> and like, it's hilarious. I'm here yeah. For it. yeah. Yeah, Rex Blode's whole like dealing with the whole, uh, was just really funny. It's very fun. But yeah, I think these relationships are going to be fine. Uh, and I feel the same way about my upcoming trip to the beach where no, no, no problems will occur. <laughs> couple of plot things happen this episode we should probably talk about. One of them is that Debbie visits Cecil at work to complain about what's going on with Mark. And she sees Donald is alive and very oh, yeah. confused about that. Donald doesn't understand why. Yeah, Donald doesn't understand why, because he died in the last season and now he's back with no explanation. If you read the comics, you know how this is going to happen. Um, so uh-huh. that'll be interesting to follow. I don't know if you guys remember at all. Yes. Okay. Uh, vaguely. Right. It took me a minute while watching the show to be like, I was like, do they have like a little crush on each other? I was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to ruin it if anybody hasn't read the comics, but there's more to come probably on that. That's the thing to focus on. The other thing to focus on is that the giant sea creature manages to incapacitate Mark using a sonic wave, which is something that Cecil is going to look into. Oh, Much yeah, It seems that's... to Donald's consternation, like Donald doesn't seem totally into it, which is interesting. Um, so we'll have to follow that. That's potentially a big thing that's playing out. And we get these two things at the end of the episode. One, a change of leadership in the Lizard League. Ooh. Do you think that means anything or are they just going to is that going to be a running bit as they go? Through if, either way, I'm I'm on board. It's hilarious. It felt like it's meaningful because they put some uh, weird amount of time at the end of the episode into it. So. It feels like it, maybe it's about just the height, the way that rhetoric gets heightened and every, like organizations get more extreme over time maybe mm-hmm. is the point. And we're going to see that in the Lizard League going forward. But I don't know. I was also sort of like, huh, that was a thing <laughs> at the end. Yeah, it was funny. Well, I, I think, you know, talking about the comic again, that's something that Robert Kirkman does a Kirkman. lot is – sort of give everything equal weight, no matter how actually important it is or not. Like the Lizard yeah. League has equal weight to the Sequids, which is going to be probably a much bigger deal, uh, Is has the same weight as like everything else that goes on. So we'll have to see. Uh, and then the last yeah. one is the Angstrom Levy scene where he's interviewing this evil Mark. We get to see a Lady Cecil and a Lady Donald in the scene as well. Um, any thoughts or speculations about that one? It just makes me think this is going to be the season-long story that we're going to slowly get drip drip drops out each episode, building toward the final piece. Because the season's eight episodes, right? Four yeah. and four? Yeah, so we're getting I, four right now, then a break, and then four is coming back sometime next year. So it feels like oh. we will get a cliffhanger maybe with an Angstrom Levy thing and then really jump into that for the back four, yeah. is my guess. All right, why don't we wrap up here by talking about what our invincible moment of the episode is. Justin, you want to go first? What's your invincible moment of the episode? Well, I got to say the first thing that comes to mind is when Shapesmith is at the door eating the giant frozen slab of pizza. (laughs) And he's like, here's what he says. Here's what he says that I think is truly invincible. I love pizza and I hate rent. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> the whole human Words experience right live there. by. Yes. Exactly. Pete, what about you? Yeah. Speaking of the human experience, I loved uh, Mark just having some fun 
going in and out of the kind of dark city there. That whole cursed Mm. city moment was fun because it's like, you know, I worry about Mark's sanity. I worry about how he's dealing with all this to to see him still be a kid and still having fun uh, being a superhero was a really kind of nice small moment and all this kind of madness that I liked. And uh, I thought it was really fun. And also Cecil being like, are you, are we doing this or not? You know, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that whole Midnight City thing was really great. And yeah, if it wasn't it was clear great. to anybody, it pivots off of the first Darkwing was also killed by Omni-Man in the first season. So this is yeah. one that's going even more extreme. So I think they're doing a good job of keeping every single thing focused on, hey, Mark, your dad really screwed up. This is all coming down to you and the ramifications of this. But the moment that I'm going to call out as my invincible moment is Debbie and Mark uh, holding each other. I think that's the core relationship we've got in the series right now. It's going to continue to develop in different ways, and I'm very interested to follow it. That's great. All right, there we go. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Invincible, Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter slash X, comic book club live on TikTok and Instagram, comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more. For this fish American wife, I'll see you at the beach. This is Alex. (laughs) Glub glub baby, I'll be back to our seashell home very soon. <laughs> oh my God.